Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Sync. to another episode of the unqualified therapist (laughs) we had to take a week off um because yours truly has the covid um and (laughs) could not and sarah was so kind to allow me to just like i was like no i'll push through she was like i think we shouldn't (laughs) i was like how about no (laughs) And it was the right thing to do. Um, There is a little meme going around that I feel very hit me pretty hard about. It's like a two and a half year, uh, two and a half year dodgeball game in middle school where like the front lines have thinned out and it got the people in the back because that's how I played dodgeball when I was in elementary school. Yeah, back line. It freaking got me, man. Yeah. So um, we are back and we are back with an amazing guest and we are so excited and a little bit, I I have to say, Roberta, I'm a little starstruck. Same <laughs> so I st- that has to be weird to you, I'm sure. But we have Roberta Blevins on the show today. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yay. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. And I thank think you. The, the world probably knows you from Lula Rich. <laughs> Is that yes. so weird to say that about it- you? Yeah, it does. I know, I'm it sure really it does. does. But like, own it, girl. You got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. I'm still working on that. I'm definitely working on that. But yeah, I'm trying to own it. That was me. I did that. Um, yeah. Very yes. proud of what my 2021 looked like. Absolutely. And I am just. So, I'm just really excited to have you on the show. And um, just a little side note of how she got here. Sarah and I are literally going through our Instagram, and I'm like, we're planning for 2022, and I'm like. You know, Roberta Blevins is kind of awesome. It would be kind of crazy if I just emailed her, right? <laughs> and here she is. And yeah. She is. I mean, that's what I tell everybody. They're like, oh yeah. my God, how do I get you on my show? Or how do I get on your show? I'm like, just email me. Yeah. But that, it's really the easiest way to get a hold of me. <laughs> so you're so awesome. We're so happy to have yes. you. Yes. So happy. Thank I mean, you. I'm, one... I'm, I'm very Sorry, excited to be here. Yay. Well, um, to give our audience, you know, in case you were living under a rock and not binging Netflix like the rest of the world during the pandemic and did not see the documentary Amazon. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. It was Amazon. Well, we binge everything. So, you know. Yes, I know. I have it all. I watch all of the streaming services. All right. I know. (laughs) Um, But Miss Roberta Blevins is um, part of that documentary, Lula Rich. 
And that was an especially intriguing one for Amy and myself, as we are both ex-Lula ladies <laughs> ourselves. So watching that together was like a big deal. We had like a watch party. We had a watch party. Uh, with some oh. other consultants that consultants. were in with uh -huh. us. And we all sat in my room and watched it together and then did our own little documentary, um, or documentary, our own little podcast episodes on it. Um, and uh, I just, it, it, I am so thankful for the team that did this documentary. And I think that shedding a light on this particular MLM, because I unfortunately have been a part of a few, this one is just the ickiest feeling one for me. I don't know about you, yeah. but just really yeah. um, excited to talk to you about this. So can we start off with just talking about LuLaRoe for a minute? Of course. Since it's like something that we're all three of us are, we, we were part of the the because, hashtag because of LuLaRoe movement. You know, it's so funny. I talked to like so many people and most of them don't know anything about LuLaRoe. And so when I have conversations, it's like, tell us how you heard about LuLaRoe. And so I'm like, <laughs> so back in 2015, and I yeah. have to go into the spiel that like everybody's heard a million times if yeah. they follow me. Um, and so it's just, it's so refreshing for you to be like, can we just talk about this? Cause like, we totally know it. I don't have yeah. to start off with, <laughs> with any no. of that. Like we all know we're like all in it immediately. So like, yeah, yeah. let's hit the ground running. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a 2015er, Amy, you were 2016, very early, right? Very early February. I've onboarded 2016. Okay. So yeah, like right, right? right all around the similar time. I was March of two six of, of 2016. Yes. And so um, I had a team. I was a trainer. Um, that was, and I know you also had a team and were also a trainer, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we know um, the allure of those bonus checks and, and the good things that can come around from that too. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you were a trainer in 2000, well, if you were in, two, in 2015 and you were a trainer, did you get to go and uh, what was it? Be the light and, and meet Mario? I did not. Oh, no, yes. I didn't go to leadership until I, th I think it was, it must have been 2017 because it was, I started at the end of 2015. It was uh, November of 2015. And then I didn't get to go to leadership until the following. So t I think it was 2017. I remember there was one in October of 2016. Oh, maybe that's what it was. I think you went in 2016. It was in Anaheim. I did. I went to Anaheim, Anaheim in 2016. I okay, got, I was there uh, too eaten by bed bugs while I was there. So <gasps> that was gross. What? <laughs> what hotel did you stay? I don't even freaking remember, but it was like a normal, like a well-known chain. And my husband and I left and I was like, what the fuck? Like we, I had these giant like welt bites like down my arm and it was like in sets what? of threes. Like, so they say oh, it's like yes. one, two, three, one, two, three. Gross. And it was all over. And I was like, <laughs> so we came home. I burned my luggage. I'm not even kidding. I like threw out everything that I had with me. I was so terrified of it coming into my house, but oh my that was God. like the most stressful part of it. But, um, yeah, I, uh, we did the, the, the leadership thing and, um, I, you know, want to go down that road in a little bit when we start talking about the, uh, how it affects your mental health and, and, you know, some of the, the, the things surrounding that, like the dopamine hits and things like that. Um, but, oh, so did everybody go to convention? Amy, did you go to convention ever? Um, no, I, okay. I played, um, 
you talk about it, Roberta, in a couple of your episodes. I played that game of like, I know this is disgusting and I know this is gross. Um, so I'm not going to actively recruit and I'm not going to any of your um your whatever conference kind of shit that you have um but i did the whole like it it was something i could do with my husband at home he was at home and we had a new baby as well as the fact that you know i felt like i was such a body positive person and i liked the idea of making women feel beautiful now okay so i justify things (laughs) yes yeah so I played so, that game. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be one of the top sellers or anything. I made a shit ton of money, but I still was not going to. I don't know. You know, it, it was really happy to hear you say that because I was like, oh, I thought I was like, I don't know, being good or I knew it was gross. And so I did it this way. So that was yeah. my spiel. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it felt too good to be true. And I just sort of rode that like dopamine like it works if you work it and I'm and it's working for me wave um and yeah I justified and probably ignored a lot of things a lot of red flags that I mean I just I'm kind of the person that does that already in my life where I'm like this is fine and so in LuLaRoe it was just the same thing that I was already sort of toxically doing in my normal life where I was just ignoring all of the red flags and all of the the signs um, and so it wasn't hard to do that. Yeah. Um, and then really, like I say in, in Lula Rich, like any time that I had any sort of concern, question or anything, like there was always like a love bomb after that. There was always, oh, look, you hit trainer. Like we wanted to give you this watch or do you like these sparkly gold shoes or, oh, do you want a purse? Or let's go shopping and get you a hat. Like there was like always something every time that I felt that I had begun to waver in my loyalty, maybe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like if I got love bombed, I would have been a goner. Um, Mine was more shaming, like don't question us. And I would get kicked off of people's like, you know, my team would come down and yell at me. Um, I'm just a questioner and they didn't like it. So had they bought me a purse, I probably would have been like, cool. I mean, I'm I'm just like, (laughs) I'm pretty easy target. (laughs) I had some girls that were on my team or I mean, we always called each other girls and I hate to say that now. And it's just, it's just sort of what that that slang yes, in, yeah. in MLM, yeah. um, but women on my team who um, who felt that way and had legitimate questions. And I, I thought they were incredible people. I really liked them. They were being very, they were very successful in, <clears throat> in their sales and all of that. And they had really legitimate questions that I couldn't answer. Right. Yeah. And when I would take them up the chain, knowing having my own business and running my own like salon and doing things like in the past, like how returns and how things worked and and going up the chain and being like, hey, this is a problem and really just being love bombed back or ignored or like, here's a cookie, go sit over there. Um, It just was like, you know, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore because these women were really smart and I had really good relationships with them. And a lot of their questions, even after they left LuLaRoe because they really couldn't get answered, they stayed with me. Mm Mm-hmm. That was just sort of always like, I still haven't really gotten an actual answer for that. Like, there yeah. isn't really an answer for that. Why isn't there an answer for that? Um, and that was, you know, my cognitive dissonance and those sort of things just sticking with me and staying and being like, mm, 
you know, I tried so hard to figure out what was going on. I thought staying a little bit longer could help that. And it didn't, it just affected my mental health more than I was just, I, I can't, it, it really came down to that. There were so many red flags and things that I was juggling internally. What it really came down to was like my mental health was breaking. And I said, yeah. I can't do this anymore. Like I, you've taken everything else. Like you don't get my mind either. Bye. Yeah, and, right, um, yeah. and I had to leave. So there wasn't like one defining moment that was like, yep, I'm out. It was sort of just a collection of things. And then you were like, yep, this is it. I, I can't do it anymore. I mean. It... Or was it the dead fart leggings? It was the, no, because dead fart leggings happened in 2016. I stayed yeah. for like a whole nother year. Yeah. I, mean, I was ridiculous. of those. And I was like, I just brushed it off because that's what they told me to do. Just air them out. Put them in yeah. the freezer. You're like, what? Put them in the freezer? <laughs> So my French fries are gonna smell like dead farts. Like, no, so did, ridiculous. Did you? And I haven't even talked to Sarah about this, but Roberta, did you do the whole like rabbit holing into um, Facebook and the internet and things like that, trying to be a detective? Because I feel yeah. like that's where my mental health went out the window. Is that I spent? I would not go to bed, and I had to go to work the next day, so I would work all night on LuLaRoe then I would try to research and I'd be like proving I wanted to prove my gut wrong and trying to figure out the answers to some of these things so I would just like deep dive everybody's Facebook pages and groups yeah so um that happened but it wasn't until like the late I'd say mid to late summer especially after can the third like especially after 2017 convention that was like so bad and it was so much worse than the year before and I thought, like, you had a whole year to figure this out. And, like, you didn't even care. Like, it's so obvious that you don't care. It's so obvious that this is all about money. This is not about anybody but you. It was very narcissistic and very toxic. And, um, yeah, I just was like, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to find some answers. Like, no one's giving me answers. The people on my team that were asking those questions, they were gone. So they weren't asking the questions. So I was, like, I, I needed answers. And, I was reading blogs. I was reading people's posts that had left. Um, I was searching the internet, like Reddit. There was a couple threads on Reddit that were happening. Yeah. Um, I tried to get into too defective. I was blocked because I had LuLaRoe in my profile. So when I went back to get into defective, I had to ask <laughs> to get back in. And I told them like, I'm still in, but I'm on my way out and I need answers. Yeah. Uh, and they told me you might be blocked just for being in here. And I said, that's fine. I don't even care. I need answers. I spent the whole first week in defective, like crying. Oh. And that's really where that rabbit hole of mental health went down. That, that's when I really saw like, this is actually affecting my mental health. Like this is actually putting me in like a spiral of depression and anxiety. Um, I never was diagnosed with anything, but from what I've talked to people in the four plus years that I've been out and everybody that I talked to on my show, um, I would, and, and the mental health therapist that I've talked to, um, they say that 100% was PTSD. Like that's what you were going through. Right. Um, and, and what was happening to me. So, you know, I, it's not the pain Olympics or anything. My PTSD probably looked a lot different than other people's PTSD, but, um, it was, Trauma was, is trauma. That's what Sarah exactly. like to horrible. say. Yep. It was absolutely yeah. horrible. Yeah. 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 Big or little T, it is, it right. is trauma. It's, so, that's right. Um, 
exactly. for me, that was that. And I didn't really understand how or why. Like, I was like, what is happening? You know, like, what is this? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I being told like I'm horrible and then getting a present? Like, what is this up and down? Like, why can't you just answer my questions? Why is it always a runaround? And that's when I decided I just wanted to take a break and just like clear my mind for like a week. And I was just like, I'm not doing anything. And um, I was watching Leah and Mike, um, Leah and Mike's show. Yeah. And um, it was a, it was a, like a cult survivor episode. And they literally were just all sitting on couches and they were like, oh yeah, when I was in the Sea Org, they would do this and then they would do that and they would love bomb me. And I was like, what? Is that that's yeah. like a thing? And then yeah. it's like all of a sudden these things, I had an example for every single like abuse and like toxic situation that everybody was in, like not as severe sometimes, but very, very similar. And I felt that triggering feeling. And I was like, oh my God, like that happened to me in LuLaRoe and I was in tears. And I was at that point that I was like, oh my God, like this was a cult. This is a cult. And um, I think once that was unlocked, (laughs) I was like, okay, like they're manipulating me. Okay, now I know what's going on. And so then having those conversations, because I believe at that time I was still in Um, And having those conversations, like I saw it exactly for what it was. It wasn't my upline just being nice and caring about me. It was my upline protecting her paycheck and her bonus and her structure. And you can't leave. So many people have already left. Like I can't handle another big, like leaving, like you can't like, and that just, it wasn't fair to put that on me. Um, And, you know, I really cared about her and I really wanted to do what I thought was best for our friendship. And that's sort of why I agreed to stay. Yeah. Um, in the moment because I didn't want to hurt her. And like on the drive home, I was like, what am I, what the heck? Like, why am I protecting her? Like, why am I not protecting me and my family? Like, what is going on? Why am I still protecting LuLaRoe? Yeah. This is insane. Yeah. This is, this is cult indoctrination. This is manipulation. This is control. And it was like at that point, and, and, you know, I didn't know all the terms for it then, but that's what it was. Right. And it was at that moment that I was like, yeah, no, this is like, I am done. Like I am fucking done now. Like this is it. Right. But it was like, I mean, that's the straw, but it wasn't like, there were so many things, little tiny things that build up. Yeah. Every, yeah. And it was just my cup overfloweth at that point. And I was like, (laughs) I'm, (laughs) I'm gonna, no, I'm done. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, poke the bear too many times kind of thing. Were you able yeah. to keep relationship with any of those people? No, no, no. They talk shit about me. My name is in their team pages all the time. When Lula Rich came out, some ridiculous, dramatic Lula Ro Hunbot was like, why is this happening to us? Who's doing this? And my literal upline commented, it's my former downline, Roberta Blevins' fault. She did this. I got so many people that sent me that screenshot. It was incredible. You did this. You did it. How I did you? it. It was you me. I did all of it. I Are was like, cool. Are you so proud of yourself for taking down LuLaRoe? <laughs> I'm so proud. Like, it was me all by myself. Just me. Can you believe it? I know. I mean, so many people offered to help, and I was like, you know what? I got this. I got this. Don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> I got this. I'm on it. Oh, my God. I just I'm like, okay. Uh, oh the other funny gosh. thing that happened right after Rich's DN went on a live, and she was like, everybody that's concerned about this, you know, don't don't just be, um, don't just listen to the hateful words of four bitter retailers. <laughs> I was like, just four of us, huh? And I went and immediately made a TikTok video because 
at that moment, I, I mean, I have so many more now, but at that moment, I think I had at least four LuLaRoe victims that had come on my podcast and told their story. At least. At yeah. that point. So I was yeah. also, I know there's at least eight of us, DM. <laughs> and I made this whole thing like, you're so ridiculous. I remember watching that t- TikTok. Thinking, yeah, I'm girl, like, over what is happening? <laughs> The gaslighting is like in it full is. effect with her. The gaslighting oh. is so, it, I, so like you were saying, we didn't know what the names were for these things, right. but now that we've all done the research and have really looked into culty behavior and cults and, and relationships and MLMs and all of this stuff, you know, we know yes. what we were experiencing now. And so on your, um, on your Instagram, you are, you explain to everybody, um, thought terminating thought terminating cliches and some absolutist language. And these are sort of like the red flags for me. Those were the red flags for me that started to pop up. And now I know what they're called. But at the time I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to give like, so one example for me that started my downfall where I was like, what the fuck is going on? Was that one of my downline had sent in almost $3,000 of damages back when we had to send them to the company they looked through them and then they would send us a check for it sometimes maybe not really mm-hmm. um so she it had been like six months and she still hadn't gotten this check for almost three grand of these damages and so i'm you know asking my upline and then she's asking her upline and all these so i mean days back and forth days of just like total blowing me off like not even answering me at some point and then i would get answers that were like so incredibly cryptic and like then they started to like blame her and I was like hold on wait what and it was sort of like you know well we don't know they have to check and make sure that these are actual damages and I'm like listen (laughs) we know that these are damages like we get shitty product from you like this is just how it goes um you guys just don't want to pay for it you bit off more than you could chew when you said send us the damages and we'll give you your money back you didn't think that people would be sending you millions of dollars of damages to say your stuff your stuff sucks right so Anyway, the end response was, well, she made $10,000 last month, so it's all relative. $3,000 is not really that much. Wow. That was like, and they were like, and we're not going to talk about this anymore. <gasps> wow. So I started calling the um, customer service and like, I don't know if you guys ever had to call or if you did call, but it was like, there was a two hour limit where like after two hours, it would hang up on you. It was the worst. It was the worst. I tried to do it during my prep at work and I was like, God damn it. And then it would be like, like, still throw my phone and like, like, motherfucker, like, cause it would be four hours and and I would be hung up on twice. And then I, you know, I mean, it was outlandish ridiculousness, but um, that was like the beginning of my being like, something is really not right here. (laughs) If you can't take care of your your consultants properly. I always thought that. I'm like, we have so much money to have all these parties. Like, why can't we just hire like, I don't know, like five more people to answer phones. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Like just five. Right, right. So what was it that Mark always said in those situations like... um, he has your best interest. <laughs> what was that line? Remember how he used um, to be like, well, if you, at least this is what like my uplines always told me, well, Mark has our best interest in like, if yeah. you don't trust him and yeah. like, that's so culty and gross. Yeah. So like when they there always... were issues like that, they would just say, well, don't like, don't you think that he has your best interest at heart? You guys or... ready to be triggered? Okay. Oh, Assume boy. innocence. Oh, <laughs> 
Oh, oh my god, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes, Anytime there was anything that was like, what is happening? This shouldn't be happening. They're like, don't just you guys need to assume innocence. Like we always have your best interest at heart. There it is. Assume innocence. Do. You know, we have your back. We oh, love you. We love you. We're we're nothing without you. We wouldn't be here without you. Go it's, buy another it's all box. So barfy. So barfy. <laughs> yes, go buy another box. Just order more. That was the answer to order everything. Just more. order more. The Eat more fresh. you the more you buy, the more you sell. The more right? you buy, the more you sell. That was like all yeah. DN used to say. I just feel like I have to back up for a second. For our listeners, Deanne and Mark are the owners and CEOs of LuLaRoe. So uh, yes. when we're talking about them, that's that's who we mean when Mark has our best interests in mind, which and he you can, not. If you check out LuLaRich on uh, Amazon Prime, they, that is a great, like, it's perfect. It, it displays them perfectly. I mean, yes, even if you just watch the first five minutes just to like, get to know who they are. <laughs> Roberta, do you think do you think that they thought this was going to be good for them to go yes. and interview? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I think they do. I oh. mean, you okay? So this is what happened, right? Um, Julia and Jenner—they're the directors. They reached out to everybody to like you know interview, and they reached out to Mark and Deanne and said, "Look, we're making a film about Lularoe." And you're a massive part of that. And you can either talk to us and tell your story or we'll talk to other people and they'll tell your story for us. And when you ask a narcissist, would you like to have some control of the narrative or would you like the people that are the ones that despise you the most to tell it? What do you think a narcissist is going to say? Of course, they jumped at the chance to tell their story and they thought for sure that they could spin it to make them look beautiful. Right. And if you if you just watch the Mark and Deanne pieces when they're in their fancy outfits in the chairs and you skip over the depositions and you skip over the victims and you skip over everything and you just watch Mark and Deanne as a singular thing, somebody should do that. Oh, yeah. Really, on a YouTube. It's just the Mark and Deanne. Um, like, you'll see how much they think of themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. How much they feel God loves them and has... Given them this prosperity, they fully believe in prosperity gospel. They fully use faith manipulation in this Mm -hmm. MLM. Mm -hmm. And they fully believe because they've scammed so many people and gotten so much money that that really is Jesus and and Heavenly Father giving them that because they have helped. They cannot, and I don't know if it's because they refuse to or because of the, the narcissistic qualities, but they cannot see the bad they've done. They can only see the good. And I don't, right. I, I'm not sure if they're just lying to themselves or, or, or what, but they, they fiz- like they cannot see it. No, they no. honestly think they honestly believe that they are blessing lives and strengthening families. <laughs> Absolutely. They actually had to take that out of their mission statement. They had I to mean, take out blessing lives and strengthening families because they're not doing that anymore. They're not doing that. Well, they weren't so, ever. So. <laughs> I just want to like make, I want to, so that people who aren't familiar, I want to just real quickly talk about the strengthening families aspect, because what they wanted to do was they wanted to make this like a family business. So they would encourage husbands to leave their jobs and do this with their wives. So I, it was not strengthening families for me because one, I was already working a 40 hour a week, 40 plus hour a week job as a VP for a bank. I was, I had two children. One was two years old. One was five years old. 
I um, was doing LuLaRoe another 40 plus hours a week because I would do it as soon as I came home from work, I was jumping in, I was doing Facebook lives, I was doing the sales and we all know how long it took to take pictures and to post them and to do the whatever, like comments sold and like have to go through all of that. And it was rough, real rough in the beginning, especially packaging shit up and sending it out and all that jazz. Um, and then doing pop-ups on the weekends, like double pop-ups on Saturdays, double pop-ups on Sundays, like really like, because we were told it works if you work it and like, you know, you have to work hard. And if you don't work hard, then that's why you're not making the money. And then, you know, they're telling us before you even leave the driveway of that pop-up that you did get on your phone and make another order and use what you, you know, earned from that pop-up to make another order. And so, I mean, between orders and boxes and racks and hangers and inventory and convention and leadership and all of the stuff that we had to buy. I mean, I grossed, I think 60,000 the first year I grossed 60,000. So when you say that you're like, holy shit, that's, that's an income. Like that's a full income. Right. But I, I know for a fact, I can't, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I know for a fact I spent more than that. <laughs> I lost oh, absolutely. Money. But I didn't look at it like that. I looked at it as I can quit my corporate job and I'm going to do that. And so I did. And then my husband, they wanted, you know, him to go all in. He talked to Kenny for like 45 minutes at uh, leadership. So that was like and there was a whole discussion there of him. He talked to Kenny because he was wanting to come and work with because my husband does process improvement. And so he's like, I want to come help you. Like, I want to help you guys need help. And so he's like, you know. And Kenny told him, you'll make more money as a consultant. You need to sign up under your wife and sell too. Oh my God, no. So he didn't do that, but um, you know, there was just this whole, this whole thing like, oh my gosh, is that a puppy? It's my dog. Yeah, he's, uh, this is Hank. He's TikTok famous, but. (laughs) He's TikTok famous, I love it. You are so sweet. He's TikTok famous for um, begging for a waffle that I was heating up to eat. (laughs) I had like has like five or some ridiculous million views on it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna have to look up Hank, and Hank and I are gonna have yeah. to be friends. And I can He's, introduce him um, to my like a hundred and thirty pound uh, English lab. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Hi, Hank, you're He's so massive. handsome. He's massive. He's, He's so cute. <laughs> He's upset that I'm not paying attention to him. That's my dog gets like upset. I was I had my head down looking at like doing research and stuff earlier and he came up and put his nose under my forehead to like move my head up to look at him <laughs> while I was scratching him. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I can't just scratch you. I have to look at you too. Yeah. No, he, Anyways, uh, sorry. he wakes me up every morning. He, he goes through the door, opens it up. He can open it up obviously because yeah. that's what he just did. And he like licks my face. Good morning. And in oh. the cold, I lift up the covers and he'll go underneath and really, he just puts his butt in my face. And I put my <laughs> hand out, and he just rubs his butt back and forth like this and gets scratched. Yeah, and then he walks yeah. out. Yeah, like I mean, there's nothing like right a now. good butt scratch for pups. Yeah, like he's like, sorry, I'm good. I have for my I scratch. Have an obsession with dogs, so I couldn't not <laughs> recognize like, the fact that there was a beautiful, handsome man there with you. Uh, if, on, if you go on our Patreon, you'll get to see this because that's the only place that this this will be posted up video wise. So you'll get to see Hank. <laughs> Silly old um, Hank. So sorry. I did not mean to take us down a dog hole. Rabbit hole. Dog, oh, dog hole. That was a good one, Sarah. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, losing money. That's just the great thing. But they want your husbands. They want your, you know, they want everybody yeah. involved. And after seeing all of these, like, 
culty behavior shows and like watching Leah Remini and Mike Render and watching um, Sarah yeah. Edmondson and Nippy and all, you know, hearing them all talk about these experiences. They want to do that so that you are 100% financially reliant on them. Yeah. No, I mean, everything reason. reliant. Like your socially whole life. Too. Everything. Yeah, yeah. socially. <clears throat> all of your friends. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything. All of your so. eggs in, in the MLM basket. Yeah. All of them. I know. So, I, it, it happened so often in LuLaRoe. They tried to get my husband to do that. And he was like, I'm not interested in doing that. Yeah. And um, he was like, that's your thing. Like, that's cool. Like, you're doing that. That's fine. Whatever. Um, you know, and, and when they when he wasn't willing to do what they were wanting him to do, Deanne told me I should find a new husband. <gasps> so oh. it's like, you know what I mean? Wow. And I 100% believe you because she said some crazy ass shit like that. No, absolutely. I say, I, you know, I I said that in in Lula Rich. Um, It wasn't as like, you know, because it was like a little clip. But I also said it in the deposition against Lula Rowe for Washington. Right. They asked me what kind of advice Deanne had given me over the years. I said, oh, yeah, I got some advice to give you that she gave Uh me. It's a good one. Uh How about the advice? Were you, because I do know... That you were on the cruise, right? Ugh, yeah. Are you going to tell Amber's story? Yeah. Oh, so you, good. Did you hear the advice that Deanne gave on that cruise? About five minutes on your knees? Yes! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 That's the kind of advice she gives. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes, she never said that to me personally, and I was not at that meeting because I didn't really do a lot of cruise stuff, so I didn't hear that. And it, I think it was actually on a different cruise than I was on, but... Um, I I have heard that story and I have heard her say similar things over the years, you know, about that. And I've heard other people corroborate that story and say, oh, I heard her say this or, oh, she said this. Um, There were always kinds of, I feel like I've logged most of them out, but there were always sexual innuendos with home office, um, making inappropriate jokes, making inappropriate comments, um, behaving inappropriately on the cruise when their wives were home and all of these consultants had bunked with each other and taken other consultant friends instead of their husbands. Oh my. Um, oh yeah. And I know all kinds of rumors. I I mean, they've been corroborated internally with people I've talked to, but yeah, all kinds of those um, guys at home office when their wives aren't around are definitely having good times with the consultants. Um, and I've heard a rumor that there is actually an illegitimate Lula baby out there. Oh. <laughs> and the husband has no idea. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So. Whoa. That's all we yeah. need is more Lula babies. Uh-huh. More huns. Yeah, no, oh. it's um, it's an interesting, it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild when you speak out and people start speaking out in the stories that they tell you. And I'm like, I can't publish that. <laughs> but it's so juicy. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, it yeah, happened yeah. to me, and I was like, I know, but like, I don't want to get sued by anybody. Right. So I think the, the thing that, like, specifically, it's all alleged. With, <laughs> alleged with Lula Rowe is that um, with the men at home office, if you take them outside of Lula Rowe, they're like a two. But like in LuLaRoe, somehow they became like an eight, nine, ten because we had these blinders on. And so like once you leave, it's like taking your your goggles off and you're like, 
Oh, gross. Lula goggles. Yeah. It was Lula goggles. They were Lula goggles. 100% Lula goggles. People probably look at them and they're like, (laughs) ew. And I'm like, I know, but you don't understand. It's hard to explain. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, I'm, I'm, I totally understand what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I just And it's just that it's that culty control, right? And yeah. we've talked we've talked about that on my podcast before, but like in MLM specifically, like these people outside of the MLMs, whether it's LuLaRoe, whether it's Prove It, whether it's whatever, they're not famous or well known <laughs> or anything. They're nobody. At all. Yes. They might be nice people, but they're not like you shouldn't be like buying them uber eats and sending it to their house because they've had a bad day and you just want to be a friend like that's don't do that people were doing that people were sending like pizzas to home office and can we talk about that for a second because i fell victim to this and i feel and and it's like so you know getting back to some of the getting back to some of the um no 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 to some of the stuff that's like affects your mental health when it comes to these uh, you know i have this shame surrounding some of the things that i would do you know that was like perpetuating this culty behavior and one of those things was there was a point in time where some of the stuff that Lula, that deanne was saying was getting out and so these rumors are starting to hit facebook facebook and um instagram and you know so social media is getting a hold of some of these things mm-hmm. and so Deanne was having a bad day and <laughs> she was feeling very going. sad and so we got like a I can't remember if it was an email or if it was like on the LuLaRoe page both, or probably both probably, probably both, both but it was like can we just and I think they actually used the words love bomb can we like love bomb oh. Deanne today and can we just post why she's an amazing woman and i did it i went on and you can go back i haven't taken anything off of my page so you can go back on my facebook and see i had a post out there that was like this woman has changed my life and my family and you know like because i felt bad and they prey on people like us who have a big heart yeah who care about other people and who feel bad when people are having a bad day and so they want to make things right instead like I said, 40 hours a week on my job, 40 hours a week on LuLaRoe, two kids, whatever. I didn't have time to go without sleeping. Uh, Amy, you just gave up the sleep, which good for you because you got out faster. But <laughs> I didn't give up the sleep because I will not, I will become like homicidal. But I had to have the sleep. I didn't give up the sleep to do the research, to look and to see like what was going on that was wrong. So I was just like following along. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, let's talk about how amazing she is. <laughs> Oh, yeah, sad. hashtag because of Deanne. Hash- yes, yes be- that's mm-hmm. right, because of Deanne. Yeah, because of Deanne. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I loved in her deposition how she had never heard of the hashtag because of LuLaRoe before. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was great. Get out. I Get said, the fuck what? out of here. I'm like, I feel like you were the one that told me to use it. Yeah. <laughs> She was. She would say, like, let's let's tell everybody the great things that LuLaRoe's done. And she was like, use the hashtag because of LuLaRoe. I go. just wish we had videos of her doing that. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm sure if there's the, somewhere. If the home office videos actually worked, you know, half the time we could have, like, recorded some of that. But I wish I wish I would have had more, like, forethought. Yes. To yes. record yeah. things. 
Me too. And I and I feel like I've blocked so much of it. Um, and I didn't play the game the right way. Like I heard, I think you said it in your in the documentary. Somebody said it. I was like, oh my god, that's a good idea. But they had multiple computers going when they were trying to get a, a launch. And I was like, why the fuck didn't I, I think to cheat the that. system? Like instead, I'm just like playing by the rules and like just waiting my turn. And oh man, yeah. and then I would get so freaking upset. It was so funny. I was talking to somebody and they were like, oh yeah, that was the trick. You didn't know that? And I was like, no. And they're like, yeah, like if you got in and you got a low number, you just like would just open up another browser and you would just get on again. And whichever one had the highest, you'd stay on that. And then you would refresh and you would do it on the other browsers trying to get a lower number. That's just what you did. And I was like, well, no wonder it was always fucked up. Exactly. Because you guys are hopping in and out of the line in how many different places and messing everything up. Yep, that's what crashed. <laughs> I just remember getting in there and like trying to check out and it would be like, you know, you put it in your card and you'd go to check out and it was like, you those don't exist anymore. And you'd have to yes, go and change the yes, numbers and like, yes. well, I'll just take five leggings then. Oh, okay. And it's just, it was literal panic. And, and I mean, I feel like that's yeah. all intentional, right? Because like you're panicking, trying to get the launch and you know that there's limits. So you can't get more than like 10 or 15 things in the launch. So you're going to have to buy other stuff to get the box, right? Because right. there's the minimums. Yeah. So you've got your other stuff filled in then trying to get what you can. But when things pop out that you can't get from the holiday launch or the special launch, then you have to increase your regular LuLaRoe stuff. And then all of a sudden you're buying a 33, to, three, 33 item box for like four holiday leggings? Exactly. Like, what's the point of this? Yeah. You're spending seven bucks to get like. Absolutely crazy. The right. panic makes you not be able to think. So I right. did so many things without logically thinking it through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, at least I got four. And I like somehow come yeah. out like with a positive attitude about it. Because that's absolutely. what they would say to us. I would yeah. be like, I only got four leggings. Well, at least you got four. Some people at got none. Got right. <laughs> oh like, my oh, goodness! I'm gonna make a hundred bucks. Actually, not make. A, I'm gonna make fifty dollars from four yeah. leggings, but I spent seven hundred to get an yeah. entire thirty-three Absolutely. item box. That is what we're no. So talking about red flags, um, and you know, we all had ours, but you know, you had posted because I, I just want to say, like, if you're not following the real Roberta Blevins on Instagram, you need to go do that because she has some really great educational things. Her Instagram is chock full of ways to be able to tell if you're being manipulated to kind of just get the information you can do with it what you wish um but i think if you have the information you have all of these things in front of you you can make some more educated decisions and know whether or not what you're a part of or wanting to be a part of um or wanting to get out of (laughs) you know that's your your decision to do with this information but one of the things one of the posts that you had made was talking about um, thought terminating cliches. And I just wanted to talk about this because they were so incredibly present in my LuLaRoe experience. I don't know about you ladies, um, but can you just kind of give us a little overview of what thought terminating cliches are? Sure. So a thought terminating, a thought terminating cliche, (laughs) I know, right? Um, a thought terminating cliche is a form of loaded language and loaded language is um, also known as like a motive language. It's anything that's going to be loaded with uh, emotional baggage to make you feel a certain way. Right. So if that's loaded language, a thought terminating cliche is basically going to be a loaded language cliche that is going to stop your rational thoughts almost immediately. So if you have any sort of c- concern, um, you could say like, 
um, a lot of times in MLM, they're just going to tell you you're being negative and that's going to stop. Like, oh, I didn't know I was being negative. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't know. I'm so sorry. And <laughs> yeah. that's going to stop. Um, but oftentimes it, it could be like a, a regular normal concern. And they're like, well, that's not an income producing activity. You shouldn't be worrying about that. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Defective products happen. Just put it aside. It's not an income producing activity and focus wow. on your business. Work your business. Stay in your lane. Those are all, those are all thought terminating cliches. So really anything where you're going to come with any sort of rational question or idea or anything, and they're going to give you back this just sunshine and rainbows or this, you shouldn't be asking this sort of thing to end your, your line of questioning and to give you just a very simple, basic answer that goes, Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Right. <laughs> and, and it's not just an MLM. You're going to see it in any high demand group or situation in an abusive relationship, like a one on, we call those one on one cults, right? So any like abusive situation, yeah. um, whether it is a relationship, romantic, platonic, a friendship, um, a familial, something like that, like those, that those are going to be in there too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of my favorites that you have on here too is like, so, um, I, I love your your term for people within the MLMs are Huns, right? Right, right. Okay, because that's let's because of the hey Hun. <laughs> I know we haven't talked in like ten years, but I have this really great business opportunity. For you. And I immediately <laughs> thought of you. And I immediately <laughs> thought of you. Yes. <laughs> but um, one of my favorite ones that's listed here is that pyramid schemes are illegal, and I would never do anything illegal. Yeah, that's probably the ultimate Hun thought terminating cliche. Yeah. Uh, because the first thing that somebody's going to say when you approach them, like, you want to join my pyramid scheme, you know, it's like, oh, that's a pyramid scheme. I'm good. And they're yeah. going to say, well, pyramid schemes are illegal and I would never do anything illegal. Yeah. Um, and you're like, OK, well, sure. Like a lot of things are illegal, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that people don't do them. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, OK. Um, absolutely. And the other point that I that I want to make here, which is great, is that. There is no other industry in the world that is going to teach the people that work for it what is and isn't a pyramid scheme and what to say if someone says, are you a pyramid scheme, other than a pyramid scheme. Boom. Damn. So you're not going to go to Target and sitting in your orientation meeting and being like, okay, okay, the next thing on the packet, turn the page, is if someone asks if we're a pyramid scheme. Now here at Target, we are not a pyramid scheme. So if someone asks, you would say, we are not a pyramid scheme because those are illegal. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen anywhere but an MLM. Like it just doesn't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So if you've been taught what to say, yeah. you're in a pyramid scheme. Sorry. Right. Right. Let's talk about examples of absolutist language. And this is that black and white thinking. Can you just tell us a little bit about that too, to, to look for warning signs? Oh, yes. Um, there's, I had a very good conversation with Amanda Montel, the author of Cultish, yes. about absolutist language. So with absolutist language, it's literally like black or white, yes or no, up or down. There is no gray. There's no room for nuance. There's no room for questioning. It is either this or it is that. You are either with us or you are against mm -hmm. us. You are either all in or you are not serious about this. You are either, mm -hmm. you know, like you're either buying 
you know, in this or like you're just a hater and you're unsuccessful. Like there is no room for there being any other option other than A or B. Right. Um, and that's a cult tactic. That's like right in there, like right in the bite model. You're going to see absolutist black versus black and white thinking us versus them narrative, all of that stuff. And it's so prevalent in MLM and it's so prevalent in cults because you're, you're trying to eliminate any quote unquote negative influence. Yep. And yeah. so when you're like, well, you know, my husband's just like, I'm trying to get him involved, but he's just like, he's not like involved. And I just, I really want him to be, but like, can you give me some advice and, and what I, what I should say to him or say to him? Well, you should just get a new husband. That's, that's absolutist. Like that's what you should do. Right. There's no other option. He's a lost cause. You need a new one. I can, I mean, there was even jokes that was like, oh yeah, LuLaRoe husband. Oh, Deanne knows all kinds. And I was, it was like joking and it was all laughing and joking. And I remember we were at an Inspire tour in San Diego and all of these mentors were there. It was after we were cleaning up because I was a leader. I was helping set up and clean up and we were there and it was, I was, Nicole, her daughter, Nicole, who owns Dot Dot Smile was there. I was standing right next to her husband, Jeff. I, I, I Kira Tuiaki was there. Um, and I have a video of all of them standing on stage telling everybody their bonus checks. And that was evidence that I gave the state of Washington. Yeah. yeah. And it was that day that they said that to me. To get a new husband. And at the time I was so inspired by their bonus checks. I shared it in my team page. <laughs> Yeah. And then when I got out and I realized what that was and what they were doing to me that day, that exact same day, I was like, hey, Washington, I have a video you might want. Did you want that? And they're like, we would love that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, you know, that was one piece of evidence that I had that I didn't realize I had until it was like, wait a second, I think I have something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have evidence of income, like massive income claims. They were right. really, they were all the top mentors and they were standing on stage and they were literally like, Last year at this time, my bonus check was $4,000. <laughs> and last month, my bonus check was $287,000. It was like that kind of thing. Right. And right. so everybody in the audience make. that was having $400 bonus checks, like I was in, or $4,000 bonus checks, I was like close to that range. I was like, oh my gosh, that's close. Yeah. Within one year, that's what she's making. Oh yeah. my gosh, within one year, I could be making that. Yeah. Like, that's what that made me feel. It made me feel not like, wow, good job, you can buy a new house. It made me feel I could do that too. And if yes. I could do that, then my sister could do that. And when my sister was like, hey, I think I want to join LuLaRoe, I was like, oh my God, you totally should join LuLaRoe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all like, it's. I mean, I know we're talking about absolutist language, but like, that's what it leads to, right? Like right. this, th it's either this or this. LuLaRoe's the best. LuLaRoe is this. We are this. We are the best. Everyone else are haters. You leave, you're a hater. Listen to the, don't listen to the haters. Don't listen no. to the bitter people that couldn't be successful. Well, geez, if all of us were unsuccessful, which I mean, most likely is true statistically, that's why you're successful, you dingbat. <laughs> And I think that they really preyed on the idea that someone like me, who I consider 
smart, but not smart in terms of running a business. I just didn't know. Right. Um, I wasn't keeping good records. I just wasn't because I was so busy selling, taking pictures, doing all the other things, income producing activities. Right. Cause that's what they kept saying to do that. I wasn't keeping track. So like you all, like both of you just said, I probably lost money. I probably, when I say I made so much money, I'm guarantee you that if I were to go back and figure it out, I lost money, but they kind of preyed on the fact that I didn't know how to run a business. I wasn't really yeah. like Absolutely. A, an entrepreneur, like in that sense, like I didn't know how to run a spreadsheet or how to do this or how to do that because, and I didn't have time, even if I could, I could have learned, but I did not have time. And, and they so, could have provided something like that for us too. They if it really have, was a business they? in a box, they could yep. have provided a software. They yep. were always changing the software, trying to make it better, right? Trying yep. to make it better for us but they never gave us anything that actually could have helped us. All it did was make it easier to buy. That's right. Yeah. Easier to That's sell and right. buy and move things around and get people to join. And there's yep. more advertising materials in the back now. There's yep. more ways to get people to join the opportunity. It's like, okay, but where's the spreadsheet so that I can learn how to do my inventory. And like, right. it took forever. And then when we finally yes. got something, it was a clusterfuck. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And it was just like, you guys don't care, like, at all. No, no. And they and didn't had, know what they were doing. That's I had the so thing. many it was people. Like the, the, the blind leading the blind, they were so, and I hate to say this, but they were kind of dumb. Like, yeah, they, they had, they did not yeah. have any um, background in this themselves. So how the hell are they going to tell us? No. You know, and, and so, oh my gosh. And then her, dep how dumb did she sound in her deposition? Wow. I was like... Girl, I hope you're playing. I don't think she don't thought think anybody she would ever see those. No. I thought she could she thought she could lie her ass off and just be like, I don't remember, I don't recall, I don't know, I don't think so. That's not me. I, whatever. I don't know. She doesn't yeah. even know her own address. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? It was so funny because um a, an excerpt of that had um been posted on like the Washington Public Records and Becca had gotten some of those excerpts and I didn't know how she had gotten them. I thought she had found them herself, but they were, they were from the Washington somehow public records and uh, she could tell you the story better. I, I'm still not my wheelhouse. I have no idea. Um, and LuLaRoe had asked me about them in my deposition there. LuLaRoe's lawyer. He was very concerned about where I had found these. And I was like, Becca posted them. And he's like, where'd Becca get them from? And I was like, I think she got them on Pacer. And he's like, oh, well, that's a lie because Pacer. And I was just like, well, then she didn't get them off Pacer. Like, I really don't know you because he had been asking me like what I had prepared for. And I was like, I literally had seen this little excerpt where I had seen two. One, Deanne like admitting that she didn't know anything, which I thought was really funny. And then also saying that Jordan had not worked at LuLaRoe. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny because Jordan was literally like my contact for everything. And I was yeah. like, that's weird. And so I had let, I had let Washington know that I had, Hey, I actually had contact with Jordan. I just saw that this was in Deanne's deposition. Like I can prove that wrong in a second. Like, you know, and we were able to add it in. And so it, it literally, you know, they were like, well, what did you do? And I was like, I literally saw that. Like I saw that. And I know, I know that's not true. Like I know yeah. that. Washington asked me about it. I was like, here's all these emails from Jordan. Here's all this wow. stuff. But the other thing they asked me, they asked me how many retailers they were trying to discredit me. They were like, you're not a pyramid scheme expert. Tell me what a pyramid scheme is. It was really funny. I'll have to send you guys the screenshots. It's ridiculous. Yes, please. Um, 
It's so funny. And they're trying to like ask me what is and isn't a pyramid scheme and is LuLaRoe a pyramid scheme and what's an MLM and all of these things. And it just, it was like, I, I, it, it didn't make any sense to me like why he was asking me all this stuff. And he's like, well, how many IFRs are making a percentage of this if you know this? And I was like, why would I know that? Deanne doesn't even know that. Like, <laughs> like, like, uh, why would I know that number? Like, oh you gosh. guys don't even know that number. Are you asking me because you don't know? <laughs> why? Like, he asked me the most ridiculous questions about things that I was like, you expect me to know that, but when Deanne says, I don't know my address, that's fine. But when I say something, there's like 18 questions about right, this one right. thing. He asked me so many questions about Becca. He asked me questions about another person that was going to be deposed. He was asking me questions about my hair business and my cosmetology license because I, I had not paid it because of, I had not paid because one, they waived the fees. So it didn't even matter that I didn't pay it because they yeah. waived the fees. But also I was out on medical leave. I was going through a divorce. I wasn't working in the salon. I was working podcasts, doing that kind of stuff and doing social media, but I wasn't working in the salon and I really couldn't afford to spend the money when that money could have gone to feed my child while right. I shut down during a pandemic. And I'm right. just like, this is what you're asking me. Yeah. Yeah. You're shaming me for something that you don't even have the full story on. And now you look like a gigantic condescending asshole. Thank yes. you so much for that. Yeah. What's the point of this? But when Deanne is asked, what's your address? And she says, I don't know. They just move on. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was so insane. Ugh. Like, what Incred is the incredible for her not knowing, or claiming to not know her address? Like, what is the purpose behind Complete that? deniability of anything. Complete. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't involved in that. I'm not. Nope. Yeah. Mm -mm. That's not even me in those photos. That's a body double. Yeah. It's like, come on. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's so absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And I honestly thought she said those things, one, for de deniability in the case, and two, because I don't think she ever thought anybody would ever see that. And I didn't think, yeah, you cannot look at that and watch that and believe that she's an honest person. Ever. Right. No. Like, you just can't. And this no. is the founder and CEO of an MLM. And I mean, if she's lying about that, like, that's like the most basic, dumbest thing to lie about. If you're lying about the most basic, dumbest thing ever. Yeah. What else are you lying about? Right? Come on. Not sending, not referring almost 20 people to get like gastric bypass oh surgery in Mexico because you're getting kickbacks on that. Is that? I told that if I wanted, I just need to talk to Deanne. So I'm not really sure how she's not involved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a, that was one of the things that started uh, that was like part of my like get me the fuck out of this thing was yeah. because I was so uh, with the body positivity mm -hmm. portion of it that's why I was like so proud to be a LuLaRoe consultant oh is because God. it was for all bodies and they had sizes up to 3x and blah, 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 blah. and so like when I heard about the weight loss and the the surgeries and like them forcing the mentors to lose weight I was like fuck this and then you know my somebody that was a consultant that I was friends with was like, don't pay attention to that. That's the lies. You're just hearing it from people who tell lies and like me, whatever. Me. Yes, it's me. Exactly. It's me who tells the lies. That's what yeah, they kept saying. Because Amy me was like, did you hear about this? Because and, and so then I, we we saw it firsthand though. We went we to dinner firsthand. with a mentor to her. and I said to her, I was like, why are you not eating? Like, yeah. I was like, this is so weird. Like we're at a bar and a grill having drinks. Like, why are you not yeah. eating? And she, it was just really sad. And mm -hmm. that was why. 
And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's my proof. Yeah. Yeah. Right in front I of I was me. told um, by several people that if you wanted to be shown on stage, because this was around time, like, trying to get on convention, like, to be on convention and, yeah. like, to talk and to do Super yeah. Saturdays and webinars and stuff. They said that if you wanted to be on the main stage, the big stage, that Deanne preferred them in a size medium or smaller. Oh. I mean, oh. that makes sense. When you look okay. at who was on the main stages. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. That makes sense. It makes yeah. Sense. Um, and yeah. yeah. And then the husbands yeah. of those women too would talk. And then also was... like talk about body positivity. They have clothes for like people that are, you know, 1X, 2X, 3X. But then they're also telling like the tiny, tiny consultants to just super wear it oversized. So like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> But well, I always was... felt like the the X, the X's didn't have very beautiful prints the way that the regular stuff. No, had. they didn't because that's what size I'm in, you know. And there wasn't there, the prints were horrendous, yeah, and not flattering at all to the yeah. body type, like gigantic polka dots or like hideous like hot dogs and or Deanne's face. <laughs> oh my god, the hot I mean, dogs! Who doesn't want to wear Deanne's face on their crotch? Did on you their um, ever get the Humpty Dumpty? I didn't it was get like them. a little brick wall them. with like a Humpty Dumpty sitting on them. They were purple with Humpty Dumpties on them. I don't, I don't. There was clowns, I think, balancing on a ball I, and like juggling. God, I hate clowns so much. Yeah, I got, clowns. Um, I had uh, 15 to 20, and I wasn't a big buyer, right? So 15 to 20, tall and curvy of the little tiny prints it was like the circus it was like and it was toys and it was like doll like it was like all toys right oh yeah and um there's a famous picture and we don't have to get into this but like my husband is has passed away and but there's he was hilarious and there's a famous picture of him wearing because we didn't know what the hell to do with these leggings so he was like i'm just gonna take a picture in these fuckers and he pulled them up to here and it's so funny because like what who what person in their right mind, unless you're being ridiculous, is going to wear, like, in tall and curvy, that was my size, um, little toys. That's so freaking yeah. weird. Circus circus toys. Well, then it was circus like we toys. had to, yeah, we had to get creative, like, right? Like, get creative. Because people weren't just buying the pants anymore. You needed to, like, do flat lays and outfits and all of this stuff. And so then you have to get creative. And I'm thinking, like, who would wear these clown pants? Who would wear these toys? And so then I'm styling the photo like a preschool teacher. I've got like a coffee mug and like some kids toys in it. Like, oh, these would be great for a preschool teacher. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm doing all this extra work. a lot of work. Trying to make these clothes look better than they are. Right. And trying to like target possibly an audience that might be interested in wearing these. And it's like, how many preschool teachers do I have that follow me that are looking for leggings to wear to work? Like, it just, it was just, it was just ridiculous. It was wild. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah. The whole thing. I feel, I feel like if you like, I don't know, didn't know anything about it and you heard the stories, nobody would believe it. Cause it's like, you wore what? You sold what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty, I know I'm wearing like this bright, print here but like I'm pretty tame I like florals I like stripes I like you know I didn't wear those crazy novelty prints unless it was 4th of July or unless it was like a birthday party or anything like that so that was fun for me 
to do. Like, oh, I'm like, I remember we went on a ghost hunting tour here in San Diego. We went to Whaley House and we, we did the whole thing. It's like, I love that part of town. Right up my And alley. I wore the Halloween leggings, the LuLaRoe with the ghosts all over them. Yeah. Because yeah. I was going ghost hunting. Yeah. I would yeah, never yeah. wear those like any other place aside from Halloween. But I was like, oh my God, I have the perfect, perfect ridiculous outfit for this like girls night <laughs> out. And because of LuLaRoe and those stupid pants, I got to hold like the EMF reader. So, (laughs) you know, I got like an extra, an extra special experience. Because of LuLaRoe. Because of LuLaRoe. Because of LuLaRoe. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, um, let's talk a little bit about hashtag because of LuLaRoe and some of the things that have come out of that um, on the not so positive side of our, how it's affected our mental health. So... Roberta, like, how has this affected your mental health as, uh, you know, coming out of and like life after? Life after now is great. Life is fantastic. But for those people that are listening that are getting out of MLM now, like I'm four years out of MLM. I'm on my fifth year out of MLM and I've done a lot of introspection. I've done a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of group therapy, unintentional group therapy, but it was group therapy. Um, And in that unintentional group therapy made a lot of really great friends that we trauma bonded through this horrible thing. And it's an amazing group of friends that I could make a joke that's in horribly poor taste. And I know all of them would laugh because it's our own dark comedy from this with LuLaRoe, right? (laughs) But then like after LuLaRoe, and then speaking out not only on LuLaRoe, but multi-level marketing as well, like that little niche expanded into an even bigger community. Um, and I started to dive into not only why did LuLaRoe do this to me, but okay, LuLaRoe's a cult. So why would a cult do this to somebody? And how would a cult do this to somebody? And it's also a multi-level marketing company. So why would a multi-level marketing company do this? And and how would a multi-level marketing company do this? Because they're both of those things. Like the Venn diagram is a circle on that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they're completely separate things as well that act and look completely different. Um, And so I started learning about the business model of multi-level marketing. And I'm the kind of person, just like in LuLaRoe, I wanted to talk to Dan. I just walked up and talked to Dan. I wanted to meet Sam or Jordan. I just walked up and and said hi. So when I was doing my anti-MLM research, I just reached out to people. Like I just reached out to Robert Fitzpatrick and I was like, I'm a huge fan of your work. You know, can I talk to you? And he was like, sure, here's my phone number. And, he, and I call, we just talked on the phone for like hours the very first time. And I was just like, okay. And I reached out to other people and I'm like, can I talk to you? And then I had all, the, and I had answers for questions that I had asked so many times in LuLaRoe. And I was like, why is this happening? Yeah. And I just reached out to the people that I thought on this side would know. And I started educating. And once I realized, okay, this is like a thing. And it's not just like a thing in LuLaRoe. It's a thing across the board. And not only is it a thing, like it's systemically designed this way. Like someone designed it this way. And I guarantee you that it's a a nasty like white man at the top of this pyramid who's like scamming everybody. And lo lo and behold, I wasn't wrong. And it was. (laughs) I mean, I hate hate to not be wrong on things like that, but I was not wrong. It absolutely was. And the more I looked into it, the more I realized most of the heads of these pyramids are men. Most of them. Right. And they all tout female empowerment. They all tout, oh, this is the best way. So I start looking. I start looking at every single one. I start putting out call to actions. Oh, yours is different. Which one is it? I'll look into it. 
Yeah. I started, you know, I, I was posting things on social media. I was doing that. I was doing it behind the scenes. I wasn't creating content really until I, I, I was always creating content, but I was creating original content. Whereas right. I'm not just regurgitating other people's statistics and research in a prettier font, uh, you know, which is totally fine. And I did that for yeah. a really long time. But yeah. for me, I was like, I want to go a little bit deeper than this because this has really brought us to a good place. But I now want to expand on what I've learned. And so in 2020, 2021, I'm like, what year are we in? Jeez. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> in 2020, I filmed Lula Rich. Uh, I worked with the producers in the summer, helped them get people, was a consultant on the film. We filmed in November. Sometime also in 2020, I started co-hosting a podcast with my friends. Um, it was the three of us. It was really difficult. I'm sure it's difficult with two co-hosts. It was really difficult with three. I can't um, it didn't work out so well. We were all on different schedules and different time zones in different countries. And I, mm. I loved, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And, um, we took a hiatus because we were trying to figure things out. And in that downtime um, was when I, I moved out and I, I separated from my husband and I was thinking, what am I going to do? Like I'm closed on COVID. What am I going to do? I have all this. I want to talk to people. I had done these interviews in defective. You can find them on YouTube. I had talked to Sam. I had talked to Courtney and I talked to Daryl <laughs> weird. Um, and I had talked to them <laughs> back, back in the day. And, um, early basis of the vice and early basis of Lula Rich yeah, and early basis of life after MLM too. And I loved talking to people. I loved talking to victims. I loved talking to experts. I loved asking questions to the things that I had always had questions, but now I'm actually talking to experts who know. Mm -hmm. And then in that I'm becoming an expert as well to be yes. able to share that knowledge in this own niche. And I'm right. talking to, to people that are religious experts in multiple different denominations. And I'm talking to people that are cult experts and pyramid scheme experts and MLM experts and business experts and all of these kinds of, and, and language and linguists and language experts and, yeah. and cult survivors and meeting all of these people. And in 2021, like I just, I started my podcast and I said, we got to do this. I, I asked my friends, the other co-hosts, I said, look, I, I, I got to do this. And they said, you have our blessing take it as far as you want to take it. And I reached out to a couple friends and I said, look, I've been on your shows. It's time for you to come on mine. And they're like, okay, no problem. I'm so happy you're starting a show. And that's how life after MLM started. And it really was just a place where I needed to tell my story. Um, that wasn't going to end up, you know, edited and cut out on the cutting room floor where people yeah. weren't going to know my whole story. Um, and, and know my heart from the beginning and not just having to wait until the fourth episode of Lula Rich to be like, Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm so passionate about educating in the anti MLM space and, and bringing everybody to the table and expanding this community because there's no competition here. Um, and that's a beautiful thing that, um, that doesn't exist in MLM and just to, to create an amazing resource. And so many people are just so excited to be a part of it. So many people reach out to me and they're like, I've never told anybody this, but I was in an MLM. And I was like, do you want to come on the show? And they're like, I would love to. So I've got like people, it's just incredible. And it we're creating a place where we are ending the stigma of failure, yes. right? That's yes. my tagline and that's what we're doing. And now yeah. people talk about it. Like I've got people that will, sh they'll see me and they'll shout a crowd across the, the field or whatever at like the school or they'll see me out Roberta and I was like oh hi come over is this a pyramid scheme and they'll like show me their phone oh they're like gosh. someone sent me this this is a pyramid <laughs> scheme right I just I needed to ask you and I know you're so busy and I saw you 
is this a pyramid scheme? I'm like, yes. They're like, okay, I thought so. I'm not interested. Thank you, said. Like, What's better than that? Man? And I'm just like, oh my gosh. That. And it's just, you know, and and people aren't afraid to ask and people aren't afraid to to just even ask even more difficult questions. Like, well, I was always told that pyramid schemes are illegal. And like, why is this okay then? And so even being able to educate on those and answer all yeah. of those questions um, in a way that's compassionate, that people aren't afraid to ask questions. I'm like, there, there aren't really stupid questions unless you come at me spicy. If you come <laughs> at me spicy, like I'm going to come back at you. I will give you what you're giving me. Yeah. Um, and it's all education. It's There's no bullying. Sometimes we get a little snarky. There's a lot of dark comedy, but we don't bully. We never make fun of people or the things people can't control. We never do that. We poke fun at the industry. We poke fun at the at the stereotypes of mega huns, not them specifically, yes. but the stereotypes of these things. Because I think the more we expose it in comedy and humor, yes. the more people are actually connecting to it in real life. Yeah. And they're going, yeah. oh my God, I know a girl just like that (laughs) and then it clicks in their head and then all of a sudden they're watching that girl and they're going roberta remember that girl she's like she's literally saying this i'm like that's an income claim like she's literally look at what she just posted she's telling people in the comments and i'm like yeah like this is what's happening and so people are now being able to see that um and sometimes people comment usually they get blocked but sometimes people comment to be like this you know this is a dangerous thing or this is your income disclosure statement can you answer some questions about it Um, but it's as long as we're not being bullies and as long as we're not harming people, um, because it's very hard to admit that you were wrong and you were scammed and you were in a big, huge thing. And it's like, everybody warned you and you still did it anyway. And oh my God, you know, it's totally hard to say that that is literally the hardest hurdle you'll ever have when leaving MLM is just admitting that you were wrong. Right. And then everything after that is like, we're so happy that you knew you were wrong and we'll never talk about it again. Welcome to the fold. Right. And, and you can be a part of this and we're going to make fun of things and we're going to, and we're going to laugh and we're going to tell jokes and there's inside jokes and all of these things. And it's just, it's, it's so much better than I ever had in MLM. It's the community that I always wished I could have in, in multi-level marketing is what I strive to have on my team. And I never could get it because there was always jealousy and competition, competition. and Mm -hmm. clawing each other's eyes out and and being upset and animosity and rumors and it's just not like that and i'm 40 i'm about to be 41 and i just don't have time for that shit like i'm too old for it yeah if you don't want to build up women then join an mlm and do that but like i'm here to build up women i'm here to build up men too anybody that's been victimized by cult scams pyramid schemes mlms ponzi schemes whatever it is like you are not alone it is systemically designed to do that you know you got stuck in and it's okay and right you know we're helping people out and we're helping people see the red flags and hear and listen for the red flags in a way that I think is really fun. Um, I enjoy it at least. I, I feel like everyone that's come on the show also enjoys it. And, and yeah. the majority of people that listen to me enjoy it as well. Um, and we even have people that are in MLMs that listen. I've had people say, look, I'm in an MLM. I'm a small fish, but I listen because I never want to go down these roads. So I listen for the red flags and it helps me to see them. And sometimes I'll get an email a month or two later from the same person that's like, finally saw the last red flag and I'm out. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. It, it's some it's a spectrum. You know, not yeah. everybody leaves their MLM and is 100% anti-MLM. Sometimes it takes years and years and years for people to see that and to process through that. I've got people that are like, I was in an MLM 20 years ago and I never understood. And it was always this like 
feeling inside of me, anytime I saw people posting, it always came back up because yeah. I thought I had processed through, but I never did. And then mm -hmm. I listened to your show and you gave me the permission to forgive myself yeah. and to work through this. I even have therapists that recommend my show to their, their customer or their customers, their clients that are moving out right. of MLM. You should listen to life after MLM. It's a really good resource. You're not alone. Right. And I'm like, these are all things I never expected to happen. And it's beautiful. Because and I'm like, I'm so excited to just to see where 2022 takes us and yeah. how much bigger we'll go and how many more people we will meet and impact and how many more MLMs we will expose. And maybe we'll take a couple more down this year, too. <laughs> um, before we came on the air, we talked about this dopamine rush. And so people oh, who have mental illness or even just people who have some sadness, like for me, I have, well, it's very to all of our listeners, they all know I have depression and anxiety. Um, there's a rush that comes from lots of things that happen in an MLM, which makes me a little bit more, uh, I've been in a lot. As you're talking, I'm like, oh my God, I think most of my life has been in one of these situations. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. this absolutist language. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. Anyways, I, mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, we're groomed, like this behavior is normal our entire lives. So when it comes, even in the magnitude, it feels very normal in the beginning and it's very easy to get sucked into stuff like this. Yes, yes. And it makes sense as to like why nobody ever really liked me is because I'm like negative, right? But I'm just really asking a lot of questions. Anyways, so for me, one of the things, since I didn't get love bombed all the time because I was so negative, um, the dopamine rush <laughs> came from opening the boxes, right? Oh, and it didn't yes. even matter that I spent money I didn't really have or I bought things I didn't really need. I was just like, God, let it be in here. And in mm -hmm. a... Um, in a previous episode of yours, some, the guest called it like gambling and that mm -hmm. rush you get from gambling. And I'm not a gambler. Yeah. I, you know, I say, I don't even understand that. But then as soon as she said that, I was like, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get why people like that because I was like, it was like, I don't even know this high that you just couldn't reproduce without getting another box. Right. It's like or, sitting in a slot machine. Yeah. And pumping money in. And yeah. you hit a little bit here, there. Pretty much you're just reinvesting all of your profits yes. back into your slot machine, right? Yeah. Hoping right, to exactly. hit the jackpot, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. And you're running That's out of exactly money. It. And you're like, but I'm so close to the jackpot. If yeah, I could just I go to the ATM, mm -hmm. just get a little bit more money. I'm so close. I've been sitting here for hours. I've been sitting yep. here for hours. It's going to hit. Yep. That's sunk cost fallacy, right? I put so much into this. Yep. It's going to pay off. And I mean, I've been there. I've been sitting in Vegas drinking free cocktails, free watered down cocktails in a, in right. a casino, putting money in a penny slot machine. I think I put $100 in. Right before I'm about to literally lose the last, I hit $100. And I was like, I just won $100. <laughs> and I was so excited. And I didn't even realize it's like, I just made back all the money I had lost. Like I literally just gambled for nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. Two or three watered down drinks. Yeah. The last hour I just sat here yeah. and then I got it all back. And I literally, I, it, it, I was like, I just, and I was like, wait a second. No, I didn't cash out. <laughs> like <laughs> that was a fun free hour. Thank you. Like, and, it, exactly. and it's the same when you go to a show or you have a pop-up and you sell, let's say $2,000 of clothes. It's right. this rush of I, 
I'm doing it. I'm going to be one of those people that I'm going to be on the stage. I'm going to be this yeah. person, you know, and like, I just, just made $2,000. I just made $2,000. I just made $2,000. Yeah. Yeah. Like dollars. I have like how many thousands of dollars in inventory that I brought with me that I had to right. fucking carry in and out too, which like, don't even get me started on right. that. Exactly. So <laughs> right. yeah. So there's like just these rushes. And then, um, I think social media has added to that when people praise people publicly. Right. Right. Um, that's a Absolutely. huge rush I've seen in other MLMs more specific, more than LuLaRoe really of like, look, they made it to, I don't even know what it's called. Diamond 55. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, the reason that we didn't see that so much in LuLaRoe is there's only three ranks. Yes. You yeah. get into Beachbody. There's so many ranks. Even when you get to like star diamond then there's like single star diamond triple star diamond quadruple star diamond. it's like ridiculous amway there's so many ranks i i don't remember which one it was i want to say it was like lavelle or prove it or something but there was like 78 ranks there's like Holy main cow. ranks there's like seven main ranks but then there was like 10 mini ranks under each oh my gosh and it's so it's literally like hit the bell get the prize ding yep. wee yay dopamine yes and yep. and that is where so i smart. think I feel so, and I don't want to say this about myself, but you guys get what I'm saying. I feel so dumb or taken or naive or. Right. I, I understand. To have you were addicted. Over and over. And I just went from one MLM to the next, to the next, mm -hmm. to the next. And if I could Searching, just get, chasing that dragon. Yeah, if yeah. I could just yeah. get there on the front end, like Absolutely. maybe I could be the 1%. Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not yeah. for me. It's, it's <laughs> absolutely toxic. It's it, all part of it. Yeah. Like by the time that it gets to like the general population, you can't be part of the 1% anymore. Like it's already, yeah, it's already done. Those people that are at the top yeah. of the pyramid and yeah. you know, your opportunity for earning those millions of dollars is pretty much passed. But I will say sometimes in very, very rare instances, you can join an MLM and, and hit the tippity top rank very quickly, but that requires a bridge which requires you being very important in another MLM that the other MLM is like, hmm, we want you. And then they would basically create a bridge where you could come over and then you recruit your entire team. But we've had a lot of people on my show that have talked about doing that. And oftentimes what happens is you get sued by the other MLM for poaching. And one of my guests actually, uh, was involved in something. She didn't really do it, but was involved and actually was, couldn't like work in an MLM for like a whole year, like was part of the settlement. <laughs> I didn't wow. even know that was a thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very rare. And like, again, a regular normal person isn't going to do that, but yeah. that's usually the only way. And a lot of times you can figure out which companies do this because some of them in their income disclosure statement will show you like the ranks and there'll sometimes be a column that's like how long, like the average time it takes to hit this rank, the, the shortest, the average and the longest. And sometimes the shortest will be like, it took two months. I'm like, it took two months for somebody to hit the top rank in right. this MLM. Wow. No way. Yeah. Two months. Okay. So that's a, that's indicative of a bridge contract or, or some hmm. sort of like recruiting scam that they're, that they're doing. And it happens all the time in tons of MLMs. There was a, there was a lawsuit against LuLaRoe and Piffany for a, a, a bridge oh, contract man. recruiting thing yes. that Sam was involved in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens everywhere. So. <laughs> There were, was, I was offered was a bridge to go answer. into Modere. So, were you know you? what I mean? Like, so yeah, they happen in all of them. <laughs> wow. So you have researched a lot of MLMs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Which one is the most despicable? Amway. I've heard that's yeah. I Amway. hear that a lot. I, I, I Amway. Told her, I said I bet she says Amway because it's the yeah. beginning, Why? right? Um, well, Neutralite was the very first MLM, but actually wasn't <laughs> shut down for being a pyramid scheme, and then Amway bought it and absorbed it, and actually sells Neutralite products now. Amway, Amway's the big baddie because Amway is the reason that MLMs are legal in the eyes of the government. So Illegal. they basically no, no legal. legal MLMs are legal, legal in the eyes of the government because of Amway and the case against the FTC in 1979. From ah. 19 from 1975 to 1979, Amway and the FTC were in like a pyramid scheme case, and um, it uh, yeah, I, I don't know when it started. I, that might be wrong, but it, it definitely ended in 1979. Um, and it's this crazy convoluted story. Robert Fitzpatrick tells it great, but basically what happened was the pyramid. Like Amway was like, we're not a pyramid scheme and this is why these like very simple things that are very just basically like Orwellian word swaps. And yeah. um and and the government was like, Yeah, okay, that looks that looks fine. You can, that you checks can do out. That. And so that's yeah. why all the others can do what they do. And then yeah, so like starting in like nineteen eighty uh, and the very early, when you start looking at a lot of these really big MLMs like USANA, New Skin, these ones, like you'll see a lot of these big ones started in the very early 1980s, right after that that Amway okay. case. Um, and you really can just kind of follow it. And even there were certain direct sales companies like Mary Kay and Avon that were not originally multi-level marketing companies, but became multi-level marketing companies and brought on the pyramid recruiting structure after the fact, but Avon didn't even do it until 2005. Wow. Oh my gosh. Crazy. So there's all kinds of like wild MLM stuff on the back end where people are like, why are you such a hater? And I was like, because I know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> so You'd be a hater too. If you would listen to me. <laughs> out what of you just said makes a huge, <laughs> makes a huge amount of sense for me because I was researching um, some like statistics and numbers and I'm going to post this in, in a link to it in our show notes so everybody can access it but it's basically it's statistics from the FTC and I'm reading these this this yeah. um, like summary from the FTC and I'm like damn like whoever wrote this in the FTC really fucking hates MLMs like yeah, it's Dr. Not- John Taylor yes dr john taylor john taylor it absolutely is and so like reading it i'm like this is not like the you know neutral i don't want to say it's not unprofessional but you know you expect like a certain (laughs) like level of like neutral convert or wording and it is not that at all and i was like damn i mean this guy (laughs) does not like it so i will link that in the show notes so you guys can take a look but i mean the statistics are there and it's from the ftc but what you said about the like that lawsuit between makes a lot more sense now yeah it's wild. It's all connected. It's all connected into so many things that happened in the history. We were like, what? A lot of times, especially if there's money involved, MLM is involved. They have a lobby and a caucus. They've, they've got wow. their offices on K Street, just like everybody else. The Direct Sellers Association or the Direct Selling Association. And they have a lot of money and a lot of pockets. They were involved in DSHA, which is basically like taking the FDA out of regulating supplements. The FDA can't actually intervene until something bad happens. That was passed in 1994 during the Clinton administration. And the DSA paid a lot of money to, um, gosh, it was, I can't even remember. Um, Orrin Hatch. It was Orrin Hatch and Tom. Tom Rankin, I think. I think that's their names. That's off the top of my head. I don't know. I could be wrong. But 
they 1994 and essentially it just takes the fda out of regulating anything and it's a benefit to the supplement industry which is a benefit to the mlm industry yeah uh, wow yeah <laughs> yeah so literally you could put like bog dehydrated bog dirt in a bag and sell it to people and tell them that it's gonna teleport parasites out of their body and until somebody has a bad reaction the fda can't really step in sarah we found our new thing i know (laughs) that's literally what happened that was black oxygen organics that's exactly what happened and we shut them down this year yeah oh god that was amazing (laughs) like watching that unfold yeah through that literally happened i was like go girl yeah yeah we had an incredible team of anti-boo haters Uh, a couple different whistleblowers and stuff too obsessed with right now because i am just like i mean i always wondered how it's possible to sell anything for five dollars but is the (laughs) paparazzi yes is is the lead and the arsenic and the mercury mercury and the and i'm thinking i wonder like like how how is this possible that Mm -hmm. they can get away with it but i mean it makes sense i mean you can sell a supplement that has whatever in it so you might as well be able to sell absolutely swallow right so i mean technically everything is like within industry standards right but that doesn't mean it's safe and it doesn't mean it's okay to use so I uh, actually talked to Tamara Rubin. She's Lead Safe Mama. The episode actually comes out on Sunday. And we talk about these results because she has done XRF. I I don't know what the test. She's got like a a gun Mm -hmm. that she tests lead and different chemicals. And she's tested Boo. She's tested Tupperware. She's tested Paparazzi. We're going to get other MLM products to her to be tested this year to sort of show those different heavy metal contents and, and what's on the things that you're buying. Um, the lead and the nickel content is within standards and most likely isn't going to be rubbing off or transferring unless you're like, maybe if your baby's putting it in your mouth, that might be a concern. Um, yeah. and if you have a lot of it in your house and, and there's dust and things that could be a concern, but the big, the biggest concern is the cadmium and the arsenic contents. And there's really high cadmium and, and arsenic contents and there really shouldn't be at all. Um, and there is, and unfortunately it's within the legal level, <laughs> um, for 14 and up, unfortunately. Oh my gosh. Um, and so they, they market their jewelry to 14 and up. But if you go on Instagram or you ask any of these huns, their children are wearing it. There's pictures of their children wearing it on social media, babies with their paparazzi in their ears wearing jewelry. And I mean, I, I had children, I have children. You guys have children. You know, they put everything in their mouth. Everything. Yeah. 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 Dust bunnies, dog hair, whatever, mm-hmm. pennies. You're like, what are you doing? Stop right. it. They're going to put paparazzi jewelry in their mouth if you yeah. have it dangling on their wrists and their ankles and their everything, you know? Right. If yeah. that's even a possibility, like that's too much of a possibility for me. I don't need mm-hmm. cadmium poisoning or anything like that. So in that episode that we do with Tamara Rubin, we talk about different ways that if you feel like you've been exposed to any of these high levels um, the best way to get tested and then a continuation of tests to see, have everyone in your family tested. Um, because if it's you in the paparazzi room, like your cadmium level should be higher than everybody else. And if everyone has the same levels of cadmium, like you could maybe just have a problem in your house or there's all different kinds of things to just establish like a pattern. Um, and it's a lot. Wow. For me, like if you're going to tell me something is lead nickel free, like it better be lead nickel free. Right. Yeah. 
that that's an advertising claim for me and that's a problem mm-hmm. um and yeah there's a lot of people that are like well stuff at the dollar store has a lead nickel in it what do you expect for five dollars and i said it's not about me expecting for five dollars it's me expecting the company said they weren't doing this and they are and they are mm-hmm. and if they're lying about that what else are they lying about like right. we said with LuLaRoe, right? Exactly. So if they're lying about these little yeah. things, what are they lying about the big things? And they yeah. also had a super spreader convention this year. And it led to, I believe, the, the highest number I've seen, but I can't confirm. But the highest number I've seen was 22. 22 That's... related deaths. And that was like consultants that brought it home and, it, and their right. husbands got it. Right. Horrible. Terrifying. And paparazzi has not come out and said anything. They have... Those, the people that passed were deleted off the website within a few days. Like they never existed. They were never memorialized in any way. Paparazzi could have named a piece of jewelry after them. The proceeds could have gone to the families of the victims. They could have had a a COVID training or anything. They could have had any, they could have done anything. And what they did was nothing. And so that's where the problem is. That's the problem. Well, that's what like Dean did. Deny, deny, deny. Yeah. And the Just, deniability, that is the problem. You mm-hmm. lying to cover your own ass yep. while hurting and harming others, it's not okay. Yeah. It's just yeah. not. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, Roberta, do you see <laughs> anything in your future in terms of changing policy or going that route? Because I think you would be a charismatic Agreed. and perfect candidate to do that and make some real change because you're right like there are things that are within regulation when it comes to any of these things yeah. and toxins and things that are in our products that we're using and the u.s is like the most lax in yep. the world yeah. when it comes to what's allowed to be capitalism yes um. <laughs> I mean, the horrible side effect of capitalism is that people with the money make the rules and people with the money that make the rules make the rules to benefit them the most. So unfortunately, a lot of people get hurt in the process. Um, I would love I would love to work on legislation. I've talked to um, other people that do this as well and let them know that I'm interested Um Again, like I'm not afraid to reach out to people now. So I literally just reached out to Bill Keith the other day. Um, he works, um, he's a, an educator and he puts on the consumer protection, basically anti MLM convention that we had last year. And I was like, I would love to be a speaker if there's room for me. So I just like put it out there and I was like, yeah. I would love to be on a panel. And he was like, oh, wow. Yes, of course. Like, yeah, let's talk about this. Yeah. So um, that kind of stuff this year is more about me really working on the education and, and moving the advocacy forward and and helping bring people into the advocacy that understand this and making real change. Legislation is definitely part of it, but unfortunately, because there is so much government control and intervening with multi-level marketing because of the caucus and, and the lobby and all of these things, um, I think, and what I've gathered from the people I've talked to, what we think is the best way is social justice movement, right? Which is what we're doing is education and this grassroots. Like I'm going to tell you, and then you're going to tell five people and then they're going to tell five people. And then (laughs) we're going to make an anti-pyramid pyramid pyramid and tell everybody about this. I mean that John Oliver started that. I continued it since then. I'm like, just tell five more people, just tell five people about this, open up five people's eyes and say, you know what, open up five more people's eyes and eventually everybody will learn. And that really is the best way because I can spit stats at people all day. If you're in a cult and you are conditioned that I'm a hater and that my information is wrong, you're never going to believe it. But if I can talk to people that have been in your cult 
in a way that's non-threatening for you to listen to that no one's going to know you're listening to because it's a podcast. No one's going to see you're listening to it. You can listen to it on your own in your own time. And you can listen to the victims of the people that are in your cult and the victims of other cults. And you find yourself in those stories. You're like, oh my God, that happened to me. Eventually enough times listening to those stories and relating to those stories, your cognitive dissonance is going to be like, you can't ignore this anymore. Welcome to the anti-MLM side. And they reach out to me. I've gotten emails from people like, I hated you. Literally hated you two months ago. I found you on TikTok. I followed you. I hated you. I couldn't get enough of hating you. And she's like, but every episode you said something. And I was like, God damn it. She's right again. And eventually it came to the point where I was so excited to watch you. Wow. And I was like, oh, Roberta has a new video. And she was so excited to, to, and she's commenting, yes, this happened to me. Yeah. And it went from hating me to sending me an email apologizing. I never knew she hated me. I would have never known any of this. But it was so, it was sitting so hard on her chest that she was like, you were right. Yeah. And thank you. And I resigned because of you and your message and the anti-MLM community and all of the other people that are reiterating the same message in their own words with their own stories. Yeah. One person is unfortunate. Two people is a coincidence thousands and thousands of people that's a pattern yeah and it's one that we're not ignoring anymore and we're not ashamed to be like yep i'm an idiot (laughs) sorry i I trusted i trusted a lying scammer yes but and i think what's important though is to let people know like i've heard so many times people say things like well i would never fall for that right you know, when it comes to cults, MLMs, pyramids, like anything, anything like that. But like you said, like the Venn diagram, when it comes to all of those things is a circle, like they're all the same. They all have the Mm -hmm. same qualities. They all follow the bite model that we talked about last week in our episode when we were talking about the cult of Gwen Shamblin. Mm -hmm. And um, so like all of those things, MLMs, pyramid schemes, um, which are the same thing to me, but anyways, (laughs) um, cults, cults and um, groups like some are religious organizations mm-hmm. they all fall within those you know same guidelines if you want to call it that in terms of what makes them what what is culty about them what's right. what is in a destructive uh, you know patterns of behavior right and what i want to encourage again and i feel like i'm going to say this every single time we talk about anything that's culty is that it does not matter who you are you can fall victim to these things it doesn't matter how intelligent you are it doesn't matter how strong you are these things are actually things they look for yeah when recruiting you really only need like vulnerability a pulse and like a credit card that's really all you need <laughs> Right. Like it's really, it's really all you need. And here's the other thing about high demand groups like cults, MLMs, religious organizations. It's not, it doesn't look like that on day one. Right. If you walked into the Scientology center and on the very first day at the Scientology center, they're like, welcome, we worship Xenu. You'd be like, I'm leaving. (laughs) Right. But what they tell you is we're going to help you be a better person. We're going to help you have friends. We're going to help you find the community that you want to be a part of because the community that we're indoctrinating you into is full of people just like you that want the same community. This is amazing. And you're like, it is. I found my best friends. I found like a really cool, whether it's self-help, whether it's religion, whether it's selling leggings, whatever it is, I found my purpose. I found my place. This makes sense to me. This works in all of the pockets of my time. What a perfect answer to all of my problems. Yeah. 
Okay. They all look like that. It doesn't matter which doorstep you show up on. If you are vulnerable and have a pulse and a credit card and are ready to sign up for something, we could show up at Scientology. We could show up at the fundamentalist church of whatever. We could show up at an MLM indoctrination ceremony. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't because none of that, your education doesn't matter. Your socioeconomic status doesn't matter. It doesn't. Exactly. And you might be targeted more so. Yeah, you might be targeted more so because of the color of your skin with this MLM or this cult or this religion. Right, right, right. But it doesn't mean that just because you're this or that, that you're not susceptible. Every single person is susceptible. Mm -hmm. You just might not be targeted for the same cults and and high demand groups. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they are trained to do is to prey on you. And I think that, you know there are three of us here have fallen for multiple of them. And so right. there's just, and I love that your, the thing that you do is to take away the stigma of not having success in an MLM or having fallen for it or whatever it is by sharing these stories. And I think that that's what Sarah and I are trying so hard is for people to understand, like it, it's not because you are an idiot. You were a victim yeah. of something somebody was purposely doing to you, you know, right. and, 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 you know, you can just own it and realize it and walk away. And, and I love, I mean, the reason that I just, I absolutely love what you're doing, Roberta, is because of the advocacy for this anti-MLM movement, like taking your, the, the, your pain and the things that happened to you and then changing it into helping other people on a level that's so so incredible and high and your knowledge is is deep and like sarah said i think you would do so good in um a higher level of legislation and changing things like that because of how much you know and you know i think that's that's why i we both felt drawn to you is that's what sarah and i are doing we're taking what happened to us or because whatever in our lives and now trying to use these stories to help others yes to know that there is no shame in falling for an MLM in the same way there's no shame of having mental illness. It just no, is. No, not at all. It is. And take it and then it's what do you do from there? Where do you go from there? Yeah. Right, right. Absolutely. And, so, and that's, I just think it's so incredible what you are doing. Um, and I'm just, I'm really impressed by all oh, of the work you. that you've done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a lot of work. But um, it's incredibly rewarding work. And, yes. you know, <laughs> we, we get that. <laughs> we you know, that. you hear all the time, like, <laughs> do what you love and you never work a day in your life. And like, I always thought for me that that was hair because for a lot of times, like, I, I love hair. I really do. But it is very taxing on my body and it is very, yeah. it takes me out. And I can't, I can't be like making dinner while I'm at the salon. It, you know, it's just like, I like being home. Yeah. And I like, the ability to make this my full-time income, which is like sort of my goal um, because the advocacy is so important and I would love to be able to do this full-time and I would love to be able to go to Washington and I would love to be able to be the voice for all of us and say, yes, like this is what we're working on. And I would love to be that representative. It's, it's, it's something that is so unbelievably passionate and rewarding for me. And it it doesn't feel like work. It's a lot of work, but it never feels like work. Yeah. It always just, I'm always happy to wake up and to talk to somebody and to educate and to learn something new or to dive down a different rabbit hole and be like, what? Like, it's just, it's so rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. 
So at the end of all of our episodes, we like to ask our guests a couple of questions. Okay. So um, the first one is that we want to know, because we call our listeners warriors. Um, okay. You know, we are, like we said, we're, we're battling the stigma surrounding mental health and helping people feel not alone. And, um, you know, we think that those who are kind of going along that same journey and, and looking for guidance and making those changes, um, we, we think they're warriors. So we would love to know for you, what does that mean being a warrior? I think, I think everybody has the ability to be a warrior. Um, I think sometimes it, it might take a little bit of time for me in the beginning. Um, I felt very burned by people that I loved and I felt very angry and I used that to, to find my path. Um, and I like to say to myself, like, I feel like I'm a Phoenix. Like, I feel like I had to be burned in the fire to be reborn. And so like, for me, like, that's what it feels like to me. Like I had to go through the worst time in my life. Like I literally had to see what it looked like at rock bottom. Like I scraped my knees on those rocks and I climbed myself out of that pit, like Bane, right? (laughs) Out of the pit, like (laughs) out of the pit and, and, and up to the light to be like, holy shit. I'm never letting that happen to somebody else. And like that to me, like that's where I became a warrior. Um, where I was like, okay, like little guy, the one that scared you, I was you, I can be your voice until you're ready to be your voice. And when you're ready to have your voice, I will also give you the ability and the space and the platform to have that voice as well, if you want. And so for me, like it's, it's really, it's exponential. Yeah. Um, and I feel now that I actually have a platform like you guys where I'm actually now creating warriors too. Yes. So that's what that feels like to me. You are speaking (laughs) our language. That sounds so similar to our vision as well. And that is just beautiful. Um, You ready for the next question? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So we always tell people they can answer these separately or together. um, But we always say at the end of every episode to keep it wild and weird because I think that's what keeps you out of these situations right so and that's what makes us um individuals so how (laughs) what makes you wild and or weird first and foremost my dna (laughs) like my dna makes me wild and weird i have been wild and weird my entire life i am the black (laughs) sheep of my family we've always joked that the apple fell off the tree rolled down the hill, landed in a stream and like floated down river before (laughs) I was plucked up. Like, wait a second, this doesn't belong here. I am just, I'm just different, right? Like I am the one that breaks a generational curse. I'm the one that's like, that's abusive and toxic. I'm the one that's like, no, um, I'm sorry. That's not okay. No, we don't talk about that. No, that's not the right word we use though. You know what I mean? Like that's me. And so I've always been that person. Um, I've always expressed myself uh, when I was younger. It was very much in my hair when I was doing hair. I always had like pink and blue and green, like all the crazy that very much expressed myself. Um, but I always, even then, even still when expressing myself, I was always slightly reserved because mm. always in the back of my head, like be a lady. Right. That's not what a lady would say. Be uh-huh. seen, you know, like 
be seen and not heard, like all of that. And like, none of that ever fit with me. So I like, like had this cognitive dissonance in me where I'm like, but I don't, I want to be heard too, but you're telling me I shouldn't be, but like, I guess I'll just stay here. And so I always battled with that. And it really wasn't until I left LuLaRoe that I really embraced myself. And that's also sort of been happening probably within the last two years. I've really reclaimed myself. Um, yes. And was like, this is who I am, and I'm not going to apologize for it anymore. Um, and I've I've gone on with my life. My my husband and I, we are separate. Well, we're divorced now, actually. Um, we're great friends though, and we're great co-parents, and we have a better relationship now as that than we ever did before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also, I think, was a limiting relationship that held me back. Uh, but but not it was not his fault. It was my fault. It was always it was always me. And there was just so many limiting relationships in my life that I was either just tiptoeing around to be kind or gentle and uh, making excuses and, you know, think for, for people yeah. and for situations. And I think once he and I decided to separate and that we were happier separated, I realized that like, again, this is another rebirth for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just weird. It's just who I am. I, I like tarot cards and, and yes. I, I like haunted houses and uh, I wore okay, so- TARDIS earrings to my wedding as my something blue. So that's the kind of person I am, right? Like I'm just weird. And if you're weird, then you're my people too. So what you're saying is, is that we need to be friends. That's what we need to be friends. Absolutely. The- 100%. <laughs> yes. You're talking to two weirdo nerds as well. So yes. I, mean, I, I shouldn't say is like, like mm-hmm. yeah, check, check, perfectly check. with us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Check, yeah. check, check. <laughs> it, it, it is, yeah. it is a rebirth for sure Absolutely. for us as well. Um, especially coming. It's when, it's when you share your story and when you're out there helping others that I feel like you come into the authentic self that yeah. you are yeah. you know not yeah. this person that you put up for church or i'm speaking for myself or mlms or whatever right but you're 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 you and you yeah know, and, and and for all the three of us it's wild and weird people that we are so take it early yes out. and you know like i turned 40 last february right after i started the podcast and i said to myself self the first 40 <laughs> years was for everyone else yeah and the next 40 years are for you yeah. And I mean, I just sort of like, it's, I just, it's fun Fuck now. Yeah. You know, I have a, I had a follower that lives here in San Diego. Her name's Paige. She's great. And we've been friends on Instagram for a long time. And she was like, you know what? Like we live like 20 minutes away. Do you want to go get tacos? And I was like, yes. And like we hung out and it was just really cool. And it's like, now I have another friend. And I think in the past I would have been like, oh, I don't think I should. Like, that's my bedtime for my kids or my husband, you know? And it's like, now it's like, I just, I get to do what I want to do and put me first. And it's just, it's been a really wild year of putting me first. And it's, again, it's really nothing that I've ever done before where I'm like, sure. Yeah, no, I can totally get on an airplane and fly to New York and be the bartender on watch what happens live tomorrow. Yeah, I can. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Okay. Like it's, that's, that would have never happened pre 2021. Like I would have never been invited on that show ever, but it would, I would have never been able to just been like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I want to do this. So I'm going to do it. I'm like, I want to do this. So I'm going to do this. And I think the three of us need to make it so that owning yourself, speaking out against what's against what's wrong and being your 
your fucking authentic self is not wild and weird. Let's make no. this the norm. Being in wild is, and though, weird should be the norm. Yeah, it is. Agreed. You're right. You're right. I've never met norm. a normal person like once I actually got to know them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, sometimes they're just not my kind of weird where I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never met like an actual normal person. And if right, you're normal, exactly. that's really weird. See? <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> So, like, if you are, like, that Stepford, like, that's so much weirder than just embracing your weird. Like, just just be that. Just be just, it. Yes. Just, yes. just do it. Exactly. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Wow. Girl, thank you so much. No for problem. You guys are us. so fun. We You'll have, have to come on my show now. We're going Done to. Deal. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm literally, this is the table, right? Yeah. There's... There's no like, sorry, Sarah, it's Amy's turn. It's like, <laughs> Sarah, scoot over. I just got yeah. a chair for Amy. Like, that's yep. what yes. it is. Yeah. So, like, let's yes. add another leaf and another couple chairs. This that's is, right, there's, girl. you know, it's, it's only getting bigger and it's only growing. And I just, I want, I just want to continue this with more amazing, wonderful, like-minded people like yeah. you guys. And I have so many ideas. So, as long as you guys are down for coming on the podcast like oh so i'm so down to have you on all the other ideas i have too yeah oh, i, I can't mean, we wait. are like so open <laughs> we are in that year of well not year but like we're in we also are in our 40s so it's like that hitting that point of like all right i think this yeah. something just happens when you turn 40 yeah. it's like yeah your fuck no, it bucket gets tiny i love my 40s Amy. I know. Did you hear what she just said? I know. That's my t-shirt. I'm like, I have this much room. And your giant fuck. It, I, I can't think it. Doesn't I'm sorry. Fit. I can't. Like, I just don't have the time for it. There's it so, like, there's intern, mantra. like, you know, there's drama with MLM. And there's, like, people that are like, yeah. oh, my God, did you hear what the top leader from blah, 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 blah said? And I said, yeah. no, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, right. you can send me the video and I'll watch it. But no, I yeah. didn't actively seek it out. I didn't actively go on their video. I didn't actively sneak into their training. I don't care. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I don't. Yes. They are the mega huns that I'm yeah. helping people traumatize away out away from. Like, <laughs> I don't want to to say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I know what they're doing. Yeah. I've predicted yeah. it a thousand times. Nothing surprises me anymore. Right. Although I was surprised when someone said that she hoped we all fell down the stairs and gashed our faces open. She didn't wish death on us because she's a Christian, but she wouldn't oh. be she wouldn't be upset if we got our faces mutilated. What the fuck? Who yeah, said that? a paparazzi hun. Yeah. Oh, Jeez. dang. Yeah. Yeah. And then, words. and then when one of my friends, who is the host of From Hunts, was it Danielle that did it? No, I, I don't know who it was. It might have been Danielle. Someone went in there to like say these aren't lead nickel free, and they yeah. said, "Oh, well, if you order for me, I'll send you your very own bag of arsenic." Wait, I watched it. I watched that. Yeah, I think clip. it was Michelle, actually. It was Michelle Carpenter, I think, that, yes, that she called. Yes, it was the last. Yes, it was her. And it was like, what and the lady was like, people. yes, I will get you a discount and get you your own bag of arsenic. With your, your own bag of only. arsenic. Just for yes. you. Mm -hmm. Just for you. Only you. Yeah. Same woman told us that the people that were exposing the te test results that she hoped that we fell downstairs and and busted our face open but she yeah, didn't she wish will. us I dead mean, because she's a christian at least she did yes i said at she's least a she's christian. a christian she's a christian so at least and then i did an episode on faith manipulation right after she yes. said that i oh. reached out and said let's do the faith manipulation oh. episode we did that that so that that's coming up that needs to be another discussion because we have yeah. a lot to say yeah. about that yeah. both of us have been <laughs> faith personally victimized thank you guys so much for having me you're you're absolutely wonderful this was such a joy 
I get to go um, talk to Elle magazine now. Oh my gosh. Can you tell everybody where to find you? Absolutely. So um, I'm everywhere. I'm pretty easy to find. You can find most of where I'm at on my website, although I haven't updated that, but I I keep saying I will. RobertaBlevins.com. You're going to find all my socials uh, where I'm at. If you're on TikTok, I'm Berta Like Whoa. If you are on Twitter, I'm Berta Like Whoa. If you're on Instagram, I'm the real Roberta Blevins, or you can follow the podcast at Life After MLM Podcast. Um, I'm on Facebook, but I don't really use it too much. But we do have our Life After MLM, the group, Facebook group, which is really fun. We've got a couple thousand people in there. Um, A lot of the guests that are on the shows, we do uh, Q&As with people. um, And it's it's a fun little spot. We're growing that too. So that's still all very new as well. Uh, and then my podcast is Life After MLM, and you can yes. find that wherever you listen Which to podcasts. I highly suggest that you check out. Mm-hmm. Add that to your list, folks. It's highly a good recommend. One. Yes. Thank you. Well, right. thank you so much. Thank you, guys you are incredible. so much, Roberta. Let's be in touch. And, yes, for um, sure. Yeah, we're, we're just well, so thankful for your time. Yes, yeah, we'll thank soon. you. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. Editing and production by Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this, join our fan club at patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. Follow us on Instagram at unqualifiedtherapists, where you will find our link tree to all things here at the UT. If you have a story to tell or a topic you'd like us to discuss, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. Until next week, warrior. Hold on. We're gonna make it. Say it now, say it proud, shout it out, make it where we go.